Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show here on this Tuesday on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Full show tonight all the way up until 7 o'clock. Then at 7.10, we kick it on over to Red Sox Baseball. Sox and White Sox pregame show 7.10, first pitch 8.10. Joining us now on the phone line is Mike Matnansky. You know him as Mutt from WEI in Boston. He's our usual host of the Red Sox pregame show here on WDEV. Mutt, how are you? Uh, Brady, I'm doing good, buddy. Springtime, nice weather. Let's go. I appreciate Yeah, I appreciate you being with us. I want to bounce around a few different things. Let's just put a bow on our Celtics conversation first. I am usually the first guy to bag on the NBA playoffs taking far too long. But in this case, how do you feel about all the quick turnaround times in this series? Because it feels like exhaustion and injury are becoming too big a part of the conversation. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I'm with you normally. I think the thing drags on entirely too long. Uh, in this case, you have two veteran teams that are banged up, and I think it's what led to, it was seen, two like, crazy results, right, or four crazy results, the two, the two major swings between the two teams. Certainly an issue. I don't think in, in Dallas-Golden State it's an issue. Golden State is better, but overall the playoffs for the conference final standpoint, I'm sure TNT, I'm sure ESPN's annoyed because the game's been blown is sticking around in the fourth quarter in these games. But I would just say it's, it's annoying. But I would if the, if the question is, do I want the longer stretch between games at the short, short stretch, I'll take this day off, day on thing. That's a better option to me, even with the injuries, than the three days, one game, three days. Really, five days in that Buck series, Brady. That was way yeah. too long. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I think we, with no travel involved, we went from game one to game two in the Brooklyn series with like <laughs> Sunday to Thursday or something like that. Stupid, uh, stupid. How do you feel about the C's chances now and essentially a best of three with two of those three being on South Beach? They're a better team. I was talking about this uh, today with somebody. Like they're, they're a better team. They should win the series. If they don't win, it'll be because of injuries or self-inflicted issues. Like They just decide to play two really bad games of these final three. But we've seen them at not even at full strength in game four without Marcus Smart. They didn't demolish Miami. Miami came out, couldn't have shot, and the Celtics choked him out. From there, so I don't know how you feel, Brady. I feel like it's a better team, and over the course of seven games, like I would say 95% of the time in the NBA, the better team wins. That's the Celtics right now. Yeah, I feel good about the Celtics as well. Let's move to the Red Sox, where I think we all feel a little bit better. I did this yesterday, and I want to bounce it off you. I think it's pretty clear that at this juncture, the Mariners are not a very good team. How much yep. of what we saw this weekend from the Red Sox is real versus how much is we just beat up on a team that's not very good. I don't see I, – I know you're a, a Mariners supporter, so you follow it more closely than, than a lot of people do, so it's a good read on the Mariners. But when the Red Sox are 10-and-a-half back in the division, going into the weekend, you know, they were like eight or nine games back of a wild-card spot, it does not matter, you know, what the opponent is. It really doesn't. They just need to pile up wins. I think specifically what stood out this weekend was the offense. You know, whether it's Trevor Story, whether it was uh, Franchi going deep, uh, in that final game, this team is going to go as far as the offense takes. And that final game of the series specifically was the way I thought a lot of these first-half games would play out, Brady. Like, the bullpen blew it, Robles blew the save, but the offense picked them up late, and that's just who they are. So I, maybe your Mariners aren't any good this year, but it doesn't matter. The Sox <laughs> played so bad in April and early May. Give me all the Mariners and Orioles <laughs> you can handle. They, they need those wins, but offensively, I think we saw the real Red Sox this week. You know, I'm actually with you. As bad as the Mariners are, I think most of what we saw was real. I think Evaldi's yeah. turnaround was real. I think Story's turnaround was real. The one thing I will say that I think deserves to be acknowledged, 
The Red Sox still got down 4 nothing in a game and 5 nothing in a game and blew a save against that bad Mariners team. This very easily should have been a split, and the Sox could have lost 3 of 4. Am I being too negative in acknowledging that while a lot is good, not everything is perfect? It's definitely not perfect. And the bullpen, no matter what happened this weekend, no matter what you saw, um, the bullpen is still uh, an issue for this team. And that's why the offense needs to be there to cover them up. Uh, High and Bloom came into this year undermanded bullpen. He apparently told some people that he knew that going in. Uh, so we'll see what he does between now and the trade deadline. But I, I think from a bullpen standpoint, they're imperfect. And I know you and I disagree. I would have Garrett Whitlock somewhere in the bullpen. You want him starting. Uh, that, that cost the Red Sox at least four games over a two-week stretch by not having him back there. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, and I'm glad you brought that up because I do love listening to you go back and forth on this on the pregame show. At the beginning of the year, I wanted Whitlock to be the closer. That That's what I wanted. I wanted him to be the one-inning guy and, and pitch 65 innings for the year and be a closer. But once he got put into the rotation, I'm like, well, let's just stop jockeying him back and forth. Are you, you know, now what role do you want him in at this point? Yeah, at this point, I mean, I can I can yell it for forty minutes every pregame show. He's starting. Like he's not. I, I I just I feel like they'll look back and say we could have used him out of the bullpen this year and done the full starter transition in two thousand twenty three. I, I that's that's what I would have done. I think the Red Sox would be better positioned for a playoff spot that way. They would be they would be less uh, necessary to go get a bullpen arm if Whitlock was back there, either as you say the closer or. That sort of rover, high leverage, you know, power roll, which you saw him pitch in a couple times for away to the rotation. So I think it's a mistake short term. Long term, you're right. He's a starter. They've got a great deal on his contract. He's a great steal from the Yankees. But for this year, oh man, I, I wish he was available two, three nights a week out of the pen for high leverage spot. I think they're a better team when he's in that spot this year. I we're, really do. We're talking with Mike Mnansky, Mutt from WEEI and the Red Sox Network here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM. Does how Trevor Story has played recently, or at least the potential that he's shown, does that impact in any way either your desire to bring back Bogarts or the negotiations you have with him? Oh no, no, no! I, I mean, I, see, I'm a, I'm a Bogarts fanboy, though. Like, I'm not. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not realistic on this. I think he's one of the most underappreciated players in baseball. I think finally, Red Sox fans, with them chanting "Resign Xander" last week, are starting to get how important this guy is. To me, if you're the Boston Red Sox. You're not the Mariners, sorry, not the Royals, you're not the Brewers. You had the money to do it. I want both those guys in the infield you know, for the next two years. And if you want to let him go, or three years, four years, whatever it is, you want to let him go test the market, I'm okay if they do it that way because I think he may find that with all the shortstops that are going to be out there, like the real top of the market, Mookie Betts money might not be there. But in the end, the Red Sox have enough money, they have enough capital have both those guys in the infield. No question about it. You know, I was talking with Tom Karen about this maybe last week or the week before, and I think it's an interesting point. You know, you look at the veteran infielders who have signed big deals and have left their places. It hasn't always gone well, right? So Cano wasn't great, although he was better than he probably gets credit for. Rendon has not been great. Semyon has been awful thus far. Do you think Bogarts looks at those guys' struggles and says, you know what, maybe leaving isn't the right answer. Maybe I just want to stay where I'm comfortable. I don't think he looks at those guys' struggles, but I, I think he wants to be here. Like I've heard from enough people on and off the record who have talked to Bogarts, like he wants to play here in Boston. He was very disappointed by the one-year extension offer the Red Sox offered him. And it, you know, if he can get past that anger, uh, the way John Lester really couldn't, you know, I think there's a way to bring him back here. But I, I don't think Bogarts looking at other people's struggles. I, I think he'll. 
he'll he'll wait wanting to be in Boston, but they've got to they got to make him a fair offer. And at least as of right now, Brady, the one year extension yeah. is is not. It's not going to be in the ballpark for a player of his stature. Yeah, it's certainly not even an offer, basically, the way no, I look at no, that. Right. Um, let's right. let's finish up with the Patriots. Pats are at OTAs. All the talk really is about the play calling and who's doing it for the Patriots. How worried are you, if at all, about this Patriots offensive coaching triumvirate? Uh, if you factor in that you went from McDaniels to whatever they have, you know, whether it's Bill Belichick, who you know, was calling plays yesterday, uh, on Monday at uh, down there at OTAs, Joe Judge uh, feels like it's one of those two guys. So from factoring in the drop off of what you had from McDaniel's to what might be there this year, and factoring in the mentoring of Josh uh, and and, and uh, Max, I would say a, a, sol- a solid seven Brady hmm. on a one to ten scale. Like I, I think it's that it's, it's that much of an issue potentially for this team. And again, like I'm a Xander fanboy, like I, I think Josh was a really good coordinator. I did not fall into that group of people. Every Sunday on Twitter, that would bash Josh McDaniels the first play that went, you know, minus three yards. <laughs> I thought he was smart. I think the Raiders were very smart to hire him. And yeah, I, I, if it was Bill O'Brien, I'd have very little worries. But Belichick or Joe Judge, seven out of ten for me. I'm not sure how you can't be worried based on what you had last year versus this year. Well, I'll get you out of here on this. We hear you on the Red Sox pregame show. We love you on there. We know you've got your show, Mud at Night, on WEI. You've also got a new podcast venture, and it sounds like Mutt's Big Bets are now uh, transformed into long-form podcasting. Tell me about this newest venture. We are. I am uh, lucky to be the host slash co-host of the only daily uh, betting podcast in Boston. It's called BetQL Boston. Uh, bet the letters QL in Boston, iTunes, uh, the Odyssey app, Spotify, wherever the fine folks in Vermont, uh, get their podcasts available. You can subscribe there. And every day, it's myself and Chris Schein who produces the Greg Hill Show here. A couple of degenerates uh, going <laughs> over Boston betting trends, making picks, talking about betting. Uh, I'd be doing this off the air with Schein anyway, and now I get to do it uh, in podcast form. So it's not long. It's, you know, it's something that's been gone as short as eight minutes and as long as 40 minutes here in the first couple of weeks. But uh, we're very lucky to be doing it and hope people that are interested in that sort of thing, maybe Vermont will legalize sports betting before Massachusetts here. <laughs> Uh, in the next uh, year or so. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate bringing that up, Brady, and we're having a lot of fun at that QL ball. Well, we appreciate you coming on. We look forward to listening to that. We look forward to hearing you always on the Red Sox Network here on WDEV. Sox baseball coming up here a uh, little over an hour from now at 710. Mutt, we appreciate it, and we will talk to you again down the road. Next time you're at Fenway, hopefully I'm there. I know you got the Rob Bradford uh, Gold uh, Star Tour uh, this past weekend. I'm glad you got that taken care of, buddy. Great talking to you.